this connects all of the things, druid, drag, neurodivergence, realizing that there are seasons, like seasons of rest and high energy and, and in-betweens, being able to listen to your spirit and body and rest when you need to or set boundaries mm -hmm. or limits. Content warnings for this episode include dysphoria, religious trauma, and mental health. Genderful would like to acknowledge the indigenous peoples and unceded lands that the producers, hosts, and guests have lived and have dwelt upon. Today, we honor the Coast Salish, Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho. We honor the elders, the human, plant, and animal ancestors of these lands and celebrate the living descendants of these peoples. May all beings tend these lands for the goodness of the next seven generations and beyond. Meowdy folks, welcome to Genderful, a talk show interviewing gender-diverse folks about their special interests. The name of our show celebrates that gender expansiveness is wonderful. Hi, I'm Gendermaster, and my pronouns are they, them. Hi, I'm Atlas of Phoenix, and my pronouns are also they, them. The focus of our show is to interview trans, non-binary, agender, and gender-diverse people regarding their special interests, passion projects, and resources for the gender-diverse community. We want our audience to know that this show is hosted by two folks who also identify as non-binary, transmasculine, neurodivergent, and disabled with the passion for telling trans stories. We invite you to remember that we are whole people with robust lives, friendships, challenges, and successes. We love and are loved, and we are delighted to share these stories with you. As always, we kindly remind our listeners that no person is a monolith of their identities, your identities can change over time and are valid every step of the way. And if you think you're gender diverse, you are gender diverse. There are no social or medical prerequisites to be included in the community. Everyone, welcome to Genderful episode 97. This week, our guest Rihanna, also known as Prince Zaddy, they them pronouns, is chatting with us about the interconnectedness of druidry drag, and neurodivergence. We ran across this wonderful person while browsing Instagram a while back, and we're very excited to have them with us today. Welcome to Jennifer, Rihanna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I, I've been like enjoying your picture with your like druid drag art for several weeks because we made those a long time ago. And so I'm like, oh, yay, we finally get to talk. I'm excited. <laughs> I actually did that look. That was my first drag look after top surgery. So that's very special that's so, for me. That's so amazing. I love that for you. That's Thank wonderful. You. <laughs> so we have a couple of gender history questions we like to ask all of our guests, um, just because it's fun to for our our gender diverse and trans and non-binary listeners to sort of give them a path. Like, how did we get where we are today? Um so what are some things that you can trace back to your youth that indicated you might be gender diverse one day? Um, I mean, I was a dance kid and I feel like there are so many drag people who are trans who are dance kids because like that was definitely like a performance of femininity, I guess, that felt more queer, like you're just like playing of femininity like drag like very extra the hair the makeup the everything um and that's honestly how I got into drag was because I wanted to to dance again um mm -hmm. and I feel like there's you know we don't always associate like dance studios and pageants with like queer kids but how is it not 
queer and extra um yeah <laughs> I was definitely more of a tomboy at the same time uh and definitely that kid who was like the teacher said oh I need some boys to pick up these chairs I was like ready to go like fifth grade like rubbing it in everyone's face that I had the most pull-ups like all that kind of stuff like <laughs> I was very much that kid I love that that's <laughs> so fun so clearly something has happened between then and now because you're now a gender diverse adult um how has your relationship to gender evolved over time I mean it always for a lot of us starts with sexuality and moves into oh no now there's gender <laughs> Um, and that's kind of how it was for me. Like I grew up in such a small, boring town and moving to go to college, like a really big state university and just seeing like how many different types of people there are around and that like I could look like them. I could be with someone like that and not just a boring cisette man. Because um, before that, I just, I didn't think about myself as anything other than what we call like the default just because you're receiving all this heteronormative and cisnormative input throughout your life. Um, so yeah, just seeing how different people could be in college really opened my eyes and I came out as pan and then that changed to, oh, I'm like a butch lesbian. And then, oh no, I'm using any and all pronouns, but they, them feels right. <laughs> and, and then I started to use they, them pronouns out of spite in a, in like my internship, I was <laughs> facing a lot of pushback, I guess. And I was using any and all pronouns and they all just defaulted to she. And so then I was like, nope, we're going to use they, them out of spite so that you have to use this for me. And then I was like, oh, just kidding. This is, feels right for me all the time. Um, yeah. So I feel like it's just constantly like opening up more and more layers. Yeah. Um, I love, I love that you brought up the thing where, like, we can use phrases like any pronouns, and then people always go for the most cis sounding pronouns consistently. Um, do you feel like uh, mixed pronouns brings you joy? Like if someone's talking about you, and in one sentence, they use he, she, and they all in one sentence, perhaps at that time, I don't know if you still use any pronouns, it seems like you're a they them all the time now. But Back then, do you think a mixed pronoun sentence would have been more delightful for you? I think so. Uh, I did notice it was just different in different spaces too. And very few people used like multiple for me. A lot of people like queer people default to they, them. And then, you know, like cishet people tend to default to whatever they think is your gender. Um, I think it would have brought me joy and now like when I'm in drag I use he they pronouns and that brings nice. me a lot of joy but I don't know that that's what I want all of the time right yeah um we have a, a recurring reminder that happens on the channel that says what's your gender today and I feel like um sometimes the answer to that is like gremlin my my gender is gremlin today <laughs> Uh, my friend recently it's said in my mischief. frog and toad era and I feel like that's nice a big part of my gender <laughs> that's awesome I love yeah. that <laughs> that's so fun oh man okay well let me switch topics and let's talk more specifically about druidry drag and neurodivergence so what is druidry and how did you come into the practice so 
Druidry itself is a Celtic, pagan, and ancient practice. Um, trees are very sacred to us. Druid can translate to one who knows the tree. Um, so seeking knowledge from trees and nature around us. Um, the like, I really loved the how in depth he went with the land acknowledgement because like that just resonated with my little Druid heart. Because a big part of the Druid faith is seeing every living being is just as important as us humans so non-human animals rocks trees plants birds you know all everything around us the weather rivers um all of that is important to us and all connected and affecting each other um mm -hmm. originally the which a lot of the knowledge has been lost due to colonization a lot of like our written teachings the ancient ones were burned um, some personally by St. Patrick, uh, fun fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm not about celebrating St. Patrick's Day, I'll tell you that. Me neither. It's All Snakes Day to me. Mm -hmm. I've actually got like a serpent Celtic knot work all over my arm, um, which is, I've read in some places. It's, it's really hard to find like just straight facts because of how much information has been lost. And so I spend a lot of time like I guess meditating or like reflecting on myself and how I feel in my druidry and and like knowing that there must have been people like me too. Um, but originally the druids were like very high-ranking people in um, like Celtic communities and would serve counsel to important leaders and would have to take years to learn different disciplines like philosophy and psychology. Um, and today it looks different for every druid, I think. Um, justice, truth, and equity uh, are all very important to us. Like those are some of the main tenets and like asking consent from plants when before you harvest or knowing when to stop harvesting and like being, I guess, in community with every living thing around you. Um, mm -hmm. That's a big part of being a druid I think today but I feel like it looks different for a lot of people um, for me personally it's been a way to reconnect with like my culture outside of Christianity mm -hmm. um, and there's big overlaps with other pagan faiths like the wheel of the year and like different celebrations um, and I already said the lost info thing uh, and oh how I came to be a druid <laughs> um, I feel like there was just a lot of weird or like things that just couldn't be coincidence, like different weird events that were like whimsical events that started happening after I moved out to Colorado and I asked my mom to send me the tarot deck that she had like all my life, like or longer, and she didn't really use it, but it was always in my childhood home. So I asked her to send that to me and I started using it and just a bunch of weird things were happening that led to me like ending up researching ancient Irish culture like I'm like half Irish um and and just like sobbing my eyes out like about how like I feel like this piece of me has been found that I didn't even know was there because I grew mm -hmm. up like Irish Catholic and so there's a lot a lot right. surrounding that <laughs> um but things like so I had come across, I actually met a couple 
indigenous people randomly in a club and one of them like braided my hair because I reminded them of somebody who had passed from their mm -hmm. tribe and then somebody else came up to me and recognized the braid and was like what tribe are you from and and I was like oh, I told them what happened they were like well what's your heritage and then I said that I was Irish and they were like the Irish used to braid their hair too and so then like that just sent me down like a rabbit hole of research and as I was researching my name's Rihanna and my parents kind of based it off Rhiannon which is a Celtic goddess and they didn't yeah. realize she's a Celtic goddess but um, she's a really cool one <laughs> yeah my middle name's Morgan so Rhiannon Morgan that's like, a powerful name <laughs> right so that's that's part of the reason I don't I don't want to change it like in my transition to is like being a druid and and having these names that just happen to be so perfect for me I guess um but I had found out that a way to worship her was to put out like a, a horseshoe on your altar and mm -hmm. like a week before I had received a, a horseshoe from this kid I was working with um and I it was just such a like weird moment that I happened to because like I'm I'm in Denver like I you know I, I happened to take this kid to an urban farm because he really loves animals and needed like a career um mentor I guess or like somebody to visit with that like looked like him uh yeah. and that was really cool and we're like collecting eggs and and he gave me a horseshoe because he was so excited to like look through all of them and and then yeah a week later I'm doing all this and I had no idea like but it, it really felt like the universe was like oh yeah you're you're gonna take a step out here we go like <laughs> it just makes me think of the audio that's like hold my hand hold my hand <laughs> <laughs> now we wait that's so, so yeah. wonderful <laughs> that's how I, I love that's that how I, I love that it. so much um I I I wonder is there a difference for you between druidry and animism and if so what is it is animism just a part of druidry I I think it is um there's actually like druid stories plenty of and you know, different pagan cultures I feel like too about like um deities or humans like turning into animal form across the life or or like turning into different animal forms mm -hmm. or even like meditating to become like I read this story of somebody who like kind of became uh not really but like visually when somebody was looking at them swimming in a river they like looked like a fish like flowing with the water um so I, I do think it's a, a part of it. I don't know that it's like, I feel like it depends on the Druid too, like how much of a role that plays in their practice, I guess. Like I'm I'm very much an herb and plants type of person. Like I, I really love connecting with trees and like we've just, we've been blessed. We, my family bought a home and people who were homesteading here before, like we have so much abundance so part of my practice is like being out in the garden and harvesting and just like hanging out with the plants like I made a nice like calming tea yesterday with some of the herbs I dried um yeah hmm. I love that um so let's let's bring in the thread about uh gender so how do you see your gender and or transness as connected to being a druid um, my friend 
actually described me as beyond gender and that will forever stick with me. I just, I feel like, and I, I think this is true for a lot of people actually and may not realize it or do, but don't have the words to put to it, um, that people will choose a label or pronouns or whatever that is easy to explain to essentially cis people, but I mean, other queer people too. Um, like non-binary and genderqueer feel fine for me and make sense with what they mean. And at the same time, I feel like there's not a label that can fully encompass how I feel about gender. And I mean, maybe I don't always like, I don't need a label for that because I mean, maybe some of the people I'm explaining it to, like if they don't, if you're not, if you don't get it, you're not gonna get it. But I, I see my gender as, like a mossy river ecosystem. Like I, I, trees, moss, rocks, the river, rain, all of that feels like me, like my essence, I guess. Um, and that's hard to, to put a label on, but at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, you go out in the forest, you're not like, oh yeah, that tree is a he, him, or, you know, mm -hmm. that, that tree is a cis woman, you know, yeah. the, like the trees just are they exist and they're there and they're beautiful and they're very vital to all of our survival um and yeah but yeah i feel like it's easier to just be like oh i'm non-binary my parents are they them instead of being like i am moss <laughs> uh and and also after my my top surgery i really tried to take that time as like a spiritual time of coming home to my physical vessel like my spirit being held in this vessel and feeling more comfortable and at home in it um yeah um chad is saying moss gender sounds rad <laughs> yes they also got excited about frogs and toads <laughs> yes also very and, gender and uh Another person said a very powerful name in response to your your Aww. first and middle names. Um, so, Prince Zaddy, how do you feel your autism and ADHD intertwine with the other parts of your identity? So I actually realized the other day um, that I was looking in the mirror and I could I could see my kid self again and mm. in a good way. Like, uh, I feel like I could see me and like not something I'm performing as my gender. Um, and I realized that like when I first started playing with masculinity and with drag too, like playing with masculinity was very like, you're playing it up and you're trying to portray a cis man. I don't know, like that's kind of what it felt like to me. And same with my gender, it felt like I was putting on a performance a lot of the times where I would like look to other drag kings, other butches, trans mask people, masculine non-binary people, and look at like the physical way they were performing, like the way you hold yourself, the clothes you wear, the jewelry, the hair, all of that, and trying to perform it for myself. And I realized the other day that any like success I've, or like not success, anything that's felt right in my transition has been based off of sensory stuff and like how I feel emotionally as well versus how I look physically. And that yeah. has all like 
culminated over the years into me actually liking what I see in the mirror too, which is surreal. Um, but like things like my hair, like I, I cut my hair out. I used to have like hair that covered my boobs, like it was really long and then I cut it off. And then I realized I needed top surgery because I had no cover anymore. Uh, and I realized that I didn't like having really short hair. I ever got really annoyed with how you have to style it every day. I couldn't just throw it up in a ponytail anymore. All of that, that was all like sensory and at the same time spiritual because I feel like there's energy in our hair um, mm-hmm. and like your hair length, it, you know, this hair has been with me for however many years or grown over the last few years and holds stories holds those memories um so it felt and I love braiding my hair too so it feels like both spiritual and like a sensory thing in my transition and same thing with top surgery too like I I feel like I by the time I was getting top surgery I was like I really could care less how I look after because the surgeon was like is it okay if one of your scars is like a little higher than the other and I was like as long as they're gone all I care about and it was all very sensory stuff like just being like I had d's before they were they took five pounds off me so Mm -hmm. I could feel that any which way I moved my arms turned like just every single thing I was doing in my life I could feel them putting on socks whatever and so top surgery was a very big like sensory accomplishment for me like I feel so good now uh, in my body and same thing with like clothing too, like wearing stuff that feels more comfortable to me instead of trying to perform in a way that I think other people will see it as masculine. So now I've like worn skirts and drag, which I wouldn't have done at the beginning of my drag journey. Um, it's made me, yeah, more comfortable like playing with femininity and whatnot. Because uh, like, well, I was like a hippie skirt person when I was younger and more femme. And so it's nice to like, be able to bring that back and still feel just as masculine um and then yeah like fidgets like accessories as fidgets like all different stuff and and now I look in the mirror and I'm like wow this is this is awesome yeah I love that um so Rihanna my next question is what does your spiritual practice look like do you feel it has helped with your mental health and transition feel like the my practice definitely ebbs and flows with I mean usually depending on my mental health or how motivated I'm feeling or executive dysfunction etc um but I I keep an altar and which I did as a child unintentionally too I've always like had it on a shelf and now I have like many shelves and a little like apothecary shelf and everything. So lots of like crystals and my tools are all in one place. And I keep out offerings for my ancestors and any guide spirit that is, you know, here on my team, I guess. Um, so I lately have been putting out espresso as I like coffee is a big thing in my family. Uh, and I really enjoy coffee I'm also barista too and so I'll put out espresso and water and money sometimes and like herbs from the garden Um, lots of reading and research as well 
some divination. Uh, I've really been into poker card readings because I found out on my French side that my great great grandma would do poker card readings, tea leaves, and palmistry, which was so surprising to me. Uh, and Very cool. Do you just use a playing card deck for that? Yeah. That's rad. Right. So, and that's really spoken to me too. Uh, the book I found for it was, it goes through each card, like it's a character with a story to kind of depict what the meaning is, which I really like. And the author used they and them pronouns for some of their stories, like the characters in their stories. Um, I also enjoy like Oracle cards and, and the weather too like divination with the weather. I have brought on some small hailstorms or rain like in my small area. My drag mom who's a witch like lives nearby and she's like, oh, you you good over there? If it starts just like downpouring in one area. Um, so I love spending time in nature and like being present, paying attention to the moon cycles, some astrology, but I'm not as into that as other things um being mindful of like the different celebrations over the wheel of the year um my partner and i just did a ritual for our anniversary to kind of like set intentions for what we want to see in ourselves and in our partnership over the next year which was really beautiful they're more on the like norse path because that's more of their heritage um lots of journaling and I am a painter and stuff too. So I, I try to see some of my creativity is like intertwined with my druidry and also like helping with my mental health too. Um, when I, I've painted a lot of murals in the house and on the front door, well, for one, there's eyeballs staring at people <laughs> who come up to the door, especially solicitors and, you know, like <laughs> church. But I think there was like Mormons or something that tried to come and only stopped at our house because we have a flight flag. So I was like, here's some eyeballs to stare at you. And I put like a, a protective rune underneath the paint before painting over it to kind of like set a blessing or protection over our house. Um, being in community as part of my practice and the, some of the homesteading, like ebbing and flowing with the seasons and like listening to my body as well as what's going on around me because we're all part of this um and yeah like protective work cleansing all of that kind of stuff um so here's where the a little bit of like religious trauma I guess comes up but I'm not gonna go like real in depth but um leaving Christianity was a really scary and big step for me uh it almost made some other things in my life feel smaller because mm -hmm. it just I had always felt like I need to rely on God and you know people in the church and have to uphold this standard so that I can live a good life and all of those things like that it, it all comes out like all of that shame and guilt that is pushed on you over the years and throughout childhood just comes out and while that should be a, like a sign to leave it's you know the the church and christian mes messaging can be very manipulative or you know indoctrination all of that so like you it feels like a lifeline almost like 
I, I have to rely on God and like I had a source of community uh, like in the church and and God was my therapy before I started like seeing a counselor which right. I should have seen one sooner mm -hmm. um, and it's just very much like if I do all the right things which that's like terrible for your mental health and your spirit um so like it it's been it was terrifying and but finding druidry has been freeing and has helped me connect with myself and my culture and kind of do that grieving of like lost culture lost information like what type of person would I be if I wasn't raised in the catholic church or if I was raised as a pagan like that my life would be a lot different I maybe would have come out as queer sooner um but it almost made transitioning seem smaller like than if you know if I had transitioned when I was younger and still in the church whereas oh. instead it was kind of like in parallel almost I think I started to transition a little bit first or like dip my toes I guess with like using all pronouns and then shortly after started getting into druidry so those have kind of happened in tandem and weirdly enough got diagnosed with ADHD later than that <laughs> um and my counselor is also a pagan too so it's nice to be able to like share that and like have somebody who understands when I'm in therapy too um but yeah I, I didn't feel like I had to like rely on God when I was getting my top surgery and doing scaring things for my transition. Like I was, I felt assured by spirit, by nature, by my loved ones and community. Um, and this practice has just like generally expanded my mind or my way of thinking and has helped me accept myself as a very complex and whole person instead of just trying to uphold myself to certain standards. Mm -hmm. um, so like having all these changes after, I mean, it even made accepting being neurodivergent a lot easier and especially being like, well, I have, I have this too. Um, yeah, I feel like I had something else to say about that. I can't remember. It's okay. <laughs> if it comes back to you, feel free to tack it on <laughs> wherever you remember it. Thank you. Is there anything else about your spirituality or mental health you want to mention before I move on to more drag focused topics? Um, I literally wrote, never be afraid to keep exploring who you are, heart. Yay. That's that's a good a good reminder. Um it's never, never too late to start transitioning or realize your neurotype or uh think about switching religions. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually um I was, I was Christian, um, and I converted to paganism in Christian seminary. Yeah. Mostly the, 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 what do they call it? The straw that broke the horse's back or whatever was, um, studying Christian history and hearing about, um, St. Patrick and what happened in Ireland mm -hmm. and the driving out of the snakes, quote unquote, which is just mm -hmm. genocide. It was just an attempt at genocide, really. Um, and I was like, I'm not about this, like colonizing in the name of some Christian God. So yeah, I, that was a whole adventure. Um, somehow I managed to still get a master's degree, but it was, 
it's like it sounds okay. terrifying <laughs> like you're you're really in it too yeah Oof. so I mean thankfully it was like the most queer Christian seminary I could find like I think there was two cishet people in the incoming class of 50 like <laughs> it was mostly trans people and queer people Okay. Um, including the professors it was in berkeley california it was very like leftist radical people um but it, yeah man that christian history was brutal like yeah. it was not about that so anyway um my yeah. dad is he is now like me and my dad my partner all live together and my dad is now more on the druid path even though he kind of raised me in the catholic church and stuff and now and he used to be part of the knights of columbus and now is like horrified that he was ever part of it mm -hmm. um so yeah <laughs> definitely you, you live and you grow i actually once a month on my twitch streams uh jenner master on twitch um i think it's the third thursday of the month my mom and i do tarot readings together on stream so if anyone wants us to read a card for you, stop by on the third Thursday. I think we're usually we're live from about one to two thirty Pacific on that third Thursday of the month. Um, and we're inconsistent about getting the VODs on YouTube. So don't count on that. <laughs> <Come to block laughs> <stream>. <laughs> um, and there's always events. People can RSVP in the Discord server if you want a reminder. Uh, we usually will post it the week that it's happening. So um, anyways. Um, yeah, so it's sweet. it's special. It's special getting to do like pagan practices with your parents. Yeah. Like, especially if you weren't raised. I mean, it's with also those practices together. Yeah. It's breaking generational curses. Like you don't need to have children to do that. Like I I feel yeah. like I'm doing that with some of my elders. Like my mm -hmm. dad, I make spells for my grampy. He's nice. the one who had the grandma who did the poker and mm -hmm. um yeah all that so it's it's cool to, to be doing that yeah I love that yeah um you know someone someone told me recently that our generation is the one that's teaching our parents about boundaries mm -hmm. and what those are um I wish I remembered the context for that I just I remember that phrase I don't remember what was happening in my life right then or what else was going on but um, that was such a powerful statement that my friend sent me. Um, yeah, Amir, me, you love doing spiritual things with your family. I also enjoy that. Your family is really cool. <laughs> you can tell them I said that if you want. Um, <laughs> anyways, so gosh, this is so fun. Um, how has drag helped you in your gender journey? So... I mean, first of all, like the performing of masculinity and like being able to play with gender, that's what drag is all about. I think there's a lot of eggs that start doing drag and that's like their way of realizing they're trans. Um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, that was one of the places where I was using any and all pronouns and people would just use they, them for me. And mm -hmm. that helped me realize like, wow, I really like that. I like that that's people's default for me and not just she or um yeah and like getting to hear different pronouns on the mic too because I would only use like he him pronouns and drag at first before I made Prince Daddy a he they um so getting to hear that on the mic and being talked about like a masculine person whereas like for some reason I have too many interactions where people 
are so they have such strong feelings about my gender and I don't know why (laughs) I'm like it's my gender I don't know they're like no but you just have such a pretty face or you have this feminine energy radiating off of you and I'm like wow I just don't need to hear that I've got that before it's like (laughs) really (laughs) right and I'm just like well why do you need to tell me this um so like getting described as a drag king felt like it was different than anything I had experienced before um and also when I tried on my binder for the first time which I bought a binder for drag I didn't think too much about it beforehand I tried it on and I was like oh oh oops we're having some feelings here egg cracking sounds intensifying (laughs) yes (laughs) yes and I started drag just before COVID started and so that was like a strange thing too. And I feel like a lot of people took that time of quarantine and to explore their gender, explore different identities for themselves too, which is really cool. And I I, I think my partner has helped me a lot too. They're, we met through drag. We're both drag kings and host a show now, but we were just babies then. And it's been cool to like have our journeys be like in tandem together, but they came out before me and they're on tea and like got top surgery before me too or well we both took care of each other but it's been it's so great when you have like trans people like taking care of each other after our trans surgery yes yes my wife and I do that for each other as well it's really nice oh it is really nice and to like hold those milestones and memories together yeah so I feel like my partner has helped me too, like both through drag and outside of drag, of you know, like using my pronouns and kind of being like, no, you're, yeah, you're trans. And I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be on HRT or have any surgeries to be trans, turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, yeah, I love, I love that care. That's so beautiful. Me too. Um. This is only barely related to what we were just saying. It was more a response to the beginning of the things you were saying. I wonder if you've ever considered having Prince Zaddy add they as a pronoun with he and they, just to like do a nod at the Irish heritage. Maybe, but I also feel like I'd be personally a little scared because the they are powerful and they are terrifying. <laughs> Like you, like there's no way to be like, because there are some good fairies, but like there's no one way to speak for like the whole of the fae. And so, like, that like terrifies me a little bit. It's almost like giving them your name a little bit in a way. But I mean, I guess it would be my drag name. If you give them a little bit of your name, maybe they won't take the rest of it. Right. It's like this is your offering i'll just give you a little bit of my name right here as, <laughs> as an intentional gift <laughs> please let me keep the rest okay bye i also have heard that like gen- gender fae is like anything but masculine and gender fawn is anything but feminine mm-hmm. i don't know what like if there's pronouns for like fawn that would be cute i definitely know non-binary and transmasculine people who use fae as a pronoun yeah um but i hear you and you're wanting to be respectful yeah yeah he is okay for now we'll we'll see we'll see i like it 
um leather jacket bear says get the fate is still your assigned gender at birth is a brilliant gambit <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's the kind of trickster energy we're here for yeah <laughs> um do you see your dragon druidy druidry as interconnected as well no i do um i i've literally done some magic on the stage there's um this show in denver the I mean, it's less regular now, but it's like a ritual and a drag show. So there's nice. times where we're all in community together, doing what we love and being who we are. Um, there's, I feel like the Venn diagram of like drag and pagan is like the middle part is taking up most of it. You know? Yeah, it's almost a circle. <laughs> yeah, almost, <laughs> almost a circle. Uh, and the Druids originally too, like you think of like the bards and obates. But like poetry and song and like telling stories that way and dancing I even grew up doing a little bit of Irish step dancing which is like what I imagine is a more colonized version of what Irish dancing used to be um mm -hmm. I want to look into Sean Noss dancing because it's more like free form like you can move your arms and stuff and it's more free form and that's what I would imagine things maybe used to be like or something Anyways, um, yeah, I've done done magic on stage, like being able to showcase trans joy and trans art on stage in such a public way is very sacred, I believe. Um, and then I also feel like this connects all of the things, druid, drag, neurodivergence, realizing that there are seasons, like seasons of rest and high energy and, and in-betweens being able to listen to your spirit and body and rest when you need to or set boundaries or limits like in drag I feel like there's this fear of being irrelevant if you're not getting booked enough and you're not constantly in shows and it is true that like drag and social media like really like we are just going so fast and but I feel like that I can't let that stop me from slowing down and listening to myself because how am I supposed to put this beautiful art out on stage if I'm not well myself yeah um and then my partner and I run this show called stage fluid which I feel like is magical every time I like I can't even describe it it's an open stage and we it's like drag mainly but we've had pole poetry burlesque stand-up comedy live singing like we will take whatever people want to put on stage there's never a theme it's a free show and it's 18 it's amazing plus too. yeah it's it's similar to something we had when we were coming up as kings but the bar it was at closed as soon as covid mm. hit so mm -hmm. yeah and it's just beautiful like we really try to prioritize newbies to drag and getting to see someone debut and get the hype and the love and all the tips from the audience it just feels so special our last one we that. had to move venues and now we're at the mercury cafe which is like a very established place in denver and it's like a poetry scene they have like swing dance and blues and all that too nice but the having our show there like just fit so perfectly and there's no backstage so the whole cast was like hanging out in the audience and getting ready out in the open which felt really special and like just kind of reminded me what drag is all about like being in community and sharing art together yeah 
Yeah. Is there a is there a digital component to that if people wanted to tune in from home or elsewhere? It's something we've been we've considered since the beginning. I haven't figured out how we would do that and how we would get like people's consent. That's mm-hmm. like I think my biggest concern is the consent piece for like performers and audience, like whoever might be in the shot. Because right. like for some people, drag is like an escape from like their family you know like right like some of the like younger folks who might live with their parents and and come to our show to like get away from all that um that's my only concern but I would love for it to have a digital component we're actually gonna have like an all-ages show at the coffee shop I work at pretty soon too so it'll be cool to like see how that goes with the youth and yeah because there's really not that many all-ages spaces out there there's not a lot of 18 plus or free spaces out there most drag shows cost yeah five ten fifteen dollars you know yeah I love that um well I want to be respectful of your time so is there anything that we missed about druidry drag and neurodivergent you'd like to make sure that you say in our sort of concluding question section I don't believe so I feel like I covered a lot maybe I'll just say that nice little never be afraid to keep exploring who you are that little yeah. tidbit. That's a good <laughs> one. Um, can you share an experience with gender euphoria? Hmm. I feel like so many things just popped into my brain at the same time. Like, I mean, top surgery is like the the biggest one, uh, I think, for me. Um, just being able to be shirtless and be out in the sun, like going on shirtless hikes. Actually, my yes. <laughs> my birthday just passed. I'm a cancer though. Um, but happy my birthday. birthday. Thank you. Uh, and and tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> happy early, Leo. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, my partner and I rented a pool for a couple hours. It's weird it was like an airbnb so cancer of you i yeah i need to be (laughs) in water on my birthday and cry so So, (laughs) i even did like a little tarot reading like uh, over the edge of the pool too but i I was in like i swam a lot as a kid and i just felt that like childlike joy again and like literally you know like swimming like like the frog arms i guess like and feeling the water in my armpits and on my chest like just felt amazing like not having like a a top like pinching me or something that was so so freeing yeah love that um all right last question how would you what would you like to make sure folks know about your perspective on gender and non-binary trans and or gender diverse issues my perspective yeah what do you like if you only get to say one thing about being trans what is the thing you want to make sure people hear from you there's oh I mean I'm sure across the world but in the U.S. like is what I can speak to like there's so much happening constantly and while it is important to like remain educated and keep up on everything if you are trans like remembering to take a step away from the screens and find that euphoria like in your personal life or little glimmers here and there when you can because I just I feel like social media especially like shoves and bombards us like with everything in our face all at once and it's it's a lot of trauma to take in so remembering to take time for yourself that your transition is for you and not for anybody else yeah 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 I love that 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Folks, Rihanna, also known as Prince Zaddy, is a Denver-based drag king, social worker, barista, artist, and druid. They are a jack-of-all-trades, if you will, a generally very reflective human, and in their personal journey and connecting with the whole. You can find Rihanna on Instagram at R-E-A-N-N-A-H-O-L-M-E-Y, Rihanna Holmey. Um, here is this week's clutter query that you, our audience, can answer on social media platforms. So which pieces did you resonate with? And can you find how all the different facets of your life can be connected to? Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Folks, next week's guest is going to be Ka Yangkni, they them pronouns, and we are discussing gender and illustration. As far as community updates, um, if you're hearing this live, we have uh, Meowstiversary 2023 happening um, August 5th through 6th. So that's this weekend. Starts on Saturday, goes through Sunday. We're celebrating three years on Twitch and my birthday, and we're doing a fundraiser for Meowsters Clouder and this whole channel and organization as a whole. Um, we're trying to get our annual expenses covered for all the programs that we use to edit the podcast, et cetera. Um, if you're listening to this and you would still like to donate, go to pally.gg forward slash tip forward slash gender meowster, all lowercase, and you can contribute towards that. We've got all sorts of um, milestone prizes and things. We're going to have a raid train with multiple streamers. It's going to be a great time um, with a lot of friendly faces and friends of the clouder. Um, I've been planning this event for a, a little while now, and um, I'm just, I'm so excited that it's finally this week like a big birthday party and i'm so thrilled so um leave it to a quadrupleo to throw a big party <laughs> for their birthday um anyways folks thanks for being here and um we'll see you next time trans rights are human rights that's right Jennifer would like to thank our guests for being on this podcast if you'd like to catch us live join us on mondays at twitch.tv forward slash gendermaster Show notes will appear in the edited version of the show on Fridays on both YouTube and podcasting platforms. If you have a question you would like the host to answer or are gender diverse and would like to request an interview, please send an email to genderfulpodcast at gmail.com or sign up via the website at genderfulpodcast.com. As a gender diverse community, The Clatter wants to assure our listeners that we are prepared to moderate our spaces. We will get positive and negative feedback on these shows and topics, and we have a moderation team on our channels, socials, and Discord server ready to deal with this. Please join our Discord server at discord.gg forward slash meowster to meet the community and get a regular digest of solidarity resources. You can also support us with subscriptions on Patreon, following and reviewing us on your favorite podcasting platform are engaging with our posts and content on social media at genderfulpod and at gendermeowster. You can take a few moments to also rate the show. We will post any five-star reviews on our socials, so get creative. Mention a special interest of your own, a project you're working on, or even say hi to your comfort person in your review. What power? This show is made possible by volunteers, tips, and subscriptions. Shout out to the folks helping us coordinate guests, edit the podcast, moderate the live chat, and post on our socials. Artist credit for Jennifer. Jennifer's theme song is called Hope by Free Range Megs, a.k.a. Soma. 
The Dinner Meowster logo was designed by That's Barnaby and edited with consent by Transgriffin. Genderful's pre-show is wrangled by Juicetex. Genderful is edited and mixed by Transgriffin and Alexis Fandom. Genderful's social media is managed by Queer to Help. Genderful is hosted by Atlas O. Phoenix and Gender Meowster. Genderful is the intellectual property of Gender Meowster. All rights reserved. Trans, Trans rights, rights are human, human rights. rights. That's right. right.